I want to read What is Communion with God by Matthew Barker. He lived from 1619 to 1698. He was an independent minister there in the UK as well as serving as a parliamentarian during his lifetime. He starts with 1 John chapter 1 and verse 7. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another. I quote what he wrote concerning communion with God. The subject I am to treat upon is communion with God, how to attain it and how to maintain it as in as constant a course as we may be capable of in this world. The subject is high and copious and much spoken of, but I fear it is not so well understood and less experienced, though the subject mainly relates to Christian experience. Now, this is the way to have fellowship and communion with God. As the text saith, we, if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another. Now by one with another, some say the apostle means the saints to whom he writes. We and ye shall have fellowship together, we apostles and ye believers. But we must rather understand that the Apostle here speaks of the fellowship that God hath with his people and they with him. And so we are to understand it in that sense. For the Apostle is not speaking here of the communion that the saints have with one another, but of our communion and fellowship with God as in the verse 6. If we say that we have fellowship with him, and walk in darkness, we lie and do not the truth. He then adds, but if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another. I shall now proceed to speak to the subject itself. What is this communion with God? The word in the Greek translated fellowship signifies common so it imports something that is, is common and mutual between God and us. As communion among men imports something mutual on each side. So our communion with God is either active or passive. Active in what passeth from us to God, and passive in what is communicated from Him to us. One active on our part. This consisteth in the divine operations of our souls toward God. When the faculties of the soul are tending toward him and terminated upon him. When in the mind is exercised in the contemplation of him and the will in choosing and embracing him. And when the affections are fixed upon him and center in him. It is by our desires we pursue after him. By our love we cleave to him. And by delight we acquiesce and solace ourselves in him. Two, passive on God's part. 
Our communion with God consists in our participation of Him and in His communicating Himself to us. This communication of God to us and our communication with communion with Him is spatially in these three things, light, life, and love. One, in light. I mean the light of spiritual knowledge and understanding, whereby we are enabled to discern spiritual things spiritually. This is called God shining into our hearts by the Apostle in 2 Corinthians 4, 6, and seeing light and God's light by the psalmist in Psalm 36 and verse 9. Two, in life, whereby we are made partakers of the life of God, though in a lower degree, and are no longer alienated from the life of God, as the apostle declared the Gentiles to be in Ephesians 4.18. And by this life of God, we must understand that which the Scripture calls sanctification. For holiness is the life of God in man. For when God sanctifies a man, he quickens the soul that was dead in sin and makes it partake of the divine life, or the life of God, which elsewhere is called a partaking of the divine nature, 2 Peter 1.4 and a renewing of man in knowledge after the image of him that created him. Colossians 3.10 Thirdly, in love. God communicates his love also in the sense and taste of it to the soul which the apostle calls shedding abroad the love of God in the heart. Romans 5.5 5. So that, in this communion with God, we have not only the theory of his love in our minds, but some taste and experience of it in our hearts. Under this is comprehended all that peace, joy, and consolation that springs out of this to the soul, arising from the communication of the sense of his love to us. The Apostle James expresseth this communion with God in both parts of it when he saith, Draw nigh to God, and he will dry not, draw nigh to you. James 4, 8. And Christ expresseth them both also in these words, If a man love me, he will keep my words, and my Father will love him, and we will come unto him and make our abode with him. John 14, 23. He expresseth the active part of communion with God by our loving him and keeping his commandments, and the passive part by his own and his Father's coming to us to make their abode with us. The Apostle John expresseth them by our dwelling in God and God's dwelling in us. We dwell in God either by faith in Him, whereby we make Him the object of our trust, confidence, and dependence, or especially by our love to Him, as He there expresseth it. He that dwelleth in God, uh, dwelleth in love, dwelleth in God. 1 John 4.16 And then God's dwelling in us is communion with God and the other part of it, consisting in a communication of himself to us. But we must think soberly of this communion with God. It is not a transformation of the soul of man into the divine essence and being, as if man was made God, swallowed up into him, and lost his own existence and being in God. 
neither is it a mixture of God's being with the being of the creature, as water and wine are mingled together, so that the nature of them both is lost in that mixture. For it is not thus with angels in heaven or the glorified spirits there. They still retain their own distinct nature and being, though they are in the highest communion with God. Neither is it thus between the human and the divine nature of Christ, as if these two were mingled together and did lose their proper and distinct natures in each other. Though the human and divine nature of Christ have a most near union and communion with each other. That's the end of Communion with God by Mar Matthew Barker. May God bless the reading of this message.